All right. We're action. We're live. <clears throat> so, oh yeah. Is the camera good? Okay. All right. Welcome back to another Seek One podcast. We have special guest, Tyler Jordan with us. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. How are you liking your time uh, down here doing something a little bit different? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So I just, uh, we just got done with, I still haven't even told the whole story of Kimbo, the Ohio deer yet. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get Drew and Kendall together because I want to, they haven't even heard the whole story. Right. Uh, and I, like, I'll give a quick bit of details, but it's like, uh, found a dead body in an abandoned vehicle, uh, witnessed a shots fired deal or basically basically a shooting of a dog in a, a park in front of a bunch of kids. Like there's a pit bull fight. This guy pulled out a handgun, dumped it into this dog in this park. Um, the property we were hunting, they found like a dead, like a 12 year old on the property in, in May. Uh, one of the other properties I had permission on, um, someone overdosed in a homeless camp, like on our property. And I had like trail cam pictures of the whole sort of scene unfolding, like people coming out of the woods and stuff. They, Drove like an ambulance down the railroad track to come get this person. Um, but you you found a dead body, like you walked up on a dead body. No, well, in the abandoned vehicle, and, okay. and it was in a it was in a uh, like a plastic giant, a big plastic bin container. And I can tell that that story, like that, that's that's the stories that I'm wanting to unpack. I haven't even unpacked them yet. Yeah. But like the the places we were hunting there were, dude, they were they were not safe in any way shape or form like and and when i say we push like the urban game to the to the limits and the extremes like i I mean that and that's sort of segue segueing into like why i'm even here at y'all's farm to come hunt was like i personally needed to take a step back from the drama the craziness like just the stuff you deal with every day you know suburban hunting type deal but and then the last day there's still so so much more that i haven't even talked about but like even the last day when we were leaving town i don't know if i told you this but we were like getting you know scenic shots and b-roll and stuff just kind of like getting some filler space footage for the episode and uh we were filming like this vacant house long story short these guys come out of the vacant house and cody was filming just getting some footage and uh they got all so mad at us for filming they just saw this camera wow and they're like what are y'all doing and cody's like oh filming a documentary and then uh, one guy was like, you better get the F out of here and, and pulled out his handgun and racked it. Dude. And so we were like, that's okay, crazy. time to go. So that, dude, I'm dude. telling you, it was... Uh, and that's after you killed? That was after, yeah, okay. after we had killed it. So how many days total from, I guess, whenever you started in the summer all the way up until you killed him until right then when you left to the to the vacant house? How many I, days total did you spend up there? I, <clears throat> I'd been finding... Or, I've been looking for him since last November. So it's okay. almost a year. Um, I made what I can re- recollect 10 trips. It may, it may have been 11, may have been a little more. I don't remember fully because it's like everything seems to just a be a blur. Yeah. Um, 20 hour round trip each time. So like it was a lot. And I've, I've been looking for this deer since November of last year, basically right after I'd killed my last buck in Ohio, it was boom you know, jumping right into the next thing. And so I've been making a ton of trips and, uh, had, had matched a video that was taken with some graffiti and was, it took me weeks to even find where that graffiti was. But then I, uh, so I I started door knocking all in that area while I was in the wrong place. The deer was four miles away and long story short, like just some dots were connected. A buddy of mine knew a buddy of his that caught one of the deer and he had a place to hunt up there to hunt that deer and like word got back to me and I ended up becoming buddies with this guy and we were like, you know, keeping tabs with each other, sharing pictures, sure. or, you know, whatever. So, um, it, the deer ended up being four miles away from where I'd been searching for, you know, months. Wow. Um, uh, it's a long, 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 long story, but that's, that's video. not the, yeah, it's not the purpose <laughs> of the podcast, but it is what brought me down here because, yeah the suburban stuff is so stressful at times and it's like, it's really nice to kind of take a step back yeah, and not deal with, you know, tight property lines and just like, like that's what I've enjoyed the most about, uh, when I've gone out to Kansas and bounced around on permission and, and public out there. And then also like when we did, uh, 
we hunted with our buddy Bo Martonic on some big woods public up in Pennsylvania last year. It was so much fun to just like have a lot of ground to work with and just hunt, like just go and hunt. And you don't get to do that with the suburban stuff. So like being able to be out here at y'all's place, which is like beyond beautiful. I mean, this place oh, yeah. is amazing. Um, it, it, and now in cool some of that here. too, like, and I think I know the answer to this, but you know, just reading your post the other day, like I, I know a lot of people that, you know, liked it and saw it, but as far as like getting back to your roots, yeah, like, it, I mean, I guess like even some of this coming down here, you know, what your plan is later this week, going to hunt with friends. Is that kind of what you were like had in mind and vision? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, back to the roots is, uh, you know, <laughs> Part of my roots are, was, you know, the story of us, Drew and I starting in Atlanta. Um, and that, that's where we really, you know, got the wheels turning and kind of was able to like do stuff on our own. But at the same time, like my first real introduction to hunting was like hunting at a buddy of mine's place, not far from here. Uh, and we would, you know, before we could drive, we're 14, 15 years old and hopping in my buddy's dad's truck and going up to their farm and just like hunting and yeah to me, like I think back on those times a lot and it's, it's, uh, I want to get back to that for sure. More, more family, friends, the camaraderie of it all. And so I feel like I've, uh, just entered this place of like, okay, let's, let's take a step back for a second and look back at everything. Maybe look at the things I liked that I didn't like, the things I enjoyed and the stuff that stressed me out and let's kind of reevaluate you know, where to go from here, because I, I do feel like I have pushed the suburban game as far as it can possibly be pushed and like hunting that area, especially, you know, getting into the, the age I am 33 looking to, you know, get serious with the, a, a lady friend before too long, looking to start a family, stuff sure. like that. It's like, you can't be doing that. That's yeah. not, that's not realistic. It's a, it's this, a lot of time away from home. Yeah. And the suburban deal is it's a young man's game. Yeah. I don't want to be 50 years old, not knocking any guys that are out there 50 years old, still doing it. Cause there's a bunch of them, but yeah. I personally don't want to be 50 and still like, you know, banging on Miss Susie's door <laughs> over and over again, talking to different people, yeah. trying to get hunting permission. It's like, you know, looking down the road, I'm, I'm just kind of personally like reevaluating. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing too, is like, I I've stood by this statement for a long time that if hunting ever became something that, um, because of the filming and all of that, all of that stuff, if the filming side ever interfered with my love for hunting, I would literally at the drop of a dime, be done with it. Yeah. Done with, done with the filming stuff. And then I would go back to what, what hunting, what I love about hunting. Sure. Because that's when you're talking about your passion, like that's a big deal. And yeah. there's no amount of career or, uh, you know, credit, what a recognition, whatever you, you know, whatever you're looking for. Like there's no amount of that, that I would trade to still love to hunt. And it's my passions. Like I wouldn't, I would never give up the love of hunting for X, Y, and Z on the other side. Sure. No. And I, I mean, I think I even, you know, we've talked about this, you know, even last night, some too, but you know, even just myself personally, like going through some of the stuff in the last couple of years for me, like that's kind of why I've spent so much more time here because these are the woods I grew up in. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've been super lucky and blessed just like yourself to travel and visit a lot of cool places. I've been able to do that with my dad, um, you know, with other people that I enjoy being around. But I think, you know, I made a decision at the end of last, last season, last deer season that, you know, I was going to try to focus more on, you know, doing stuff around here, whether that was filming or not filming. I've spent so many days already this year here in Georgia on our farm with no camera, you know, and I just kind of needed that a little bit because I think, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've had a camera probably on me since I was three or four years old. And it's been like that every single deer season and traveling for that. And don't get me wrong, really enjoy it, really love it. Um, you know, even still, but you know, I think at the end of last season, you know, find out my wife's pregnant. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, obviously expanding that family, you know, possibly moving up here somewhere on the farm. And I just think you go through different, you know, phases and changes of life. And, uh, you know, for me, it was like, you know, what is that, what does that next phase look like? I don't know if it means, 
not not that I won't ever do it again, but I don't know if it means spending two weeks in Nebraska, you mm-hmm. know, being gone to Kansas for two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, I think kind of when you said getting back to your roots, I was like, man, I've, I've honestly, I've said the same thing to people because to me, this is, this is what I enjoy so much up here. You know, whether we film anything or not, what I look forward to more than anything at the end of the day is meeting back up at the deer cooler, yeah, grilling deer burgers, backstrap. Um, and so it's been kind of nice to kind of, and to sleep in your own bed. Yeah. You know, and I, I've gotten to do that. Uh, that's so a, much. that's a, that's a, uh, very, uh, overlooked thing that is really, you we, we take bit. it for granted a lot is <laughs> just to sleep in your own bed. Yeah. It, it's so nice. Like, oh man. It's great. <laughs> I know my wife is really thankful too. And so we're, we're expecting our first one in March. And so that kind of puts things in a little bit of perspective, but you know, you talk about different phases that you go through in your hunting career, you know, whether you do it on television or not, you know, I think when I was you know, anywhere from 10 to, you know, maybe 20 years old. It's, it's like, you know, I went with my dad into different places, um, you know, and then maybe at the end of that kind of want to do more stuff on my own, you know, and, um, you know, go travel different places. And, um, and so it's just kind of, it's kind of nice being able to, you know, look at what, what does the next phase look like and try to figure it out. So we, we can, uh, we can kind of circle back to, next next the next thing like the future plans kind of thing because that's that's kind of what i want to finish with but what i wanted to dig into with this Mm -hmm. podcast because i just think it'd be really interesting is like well first off you know we are on the back end of everything we've talked about like i just hit a limit with suburban deer yeah was was kind of venting to you a little bit and just talking about stuff because we've become good friends and you were like man come 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 down to the farm Mm -hmm. like come hunt hang out like go shoot a doe, you know, if, if a, you know, we got a couple eight pointers we're after, like just hunt. Don't, don't stress. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I mean, I jumped at the opportunity. I'm like super grateful to be here. Uh, so, so thank you for that. But the podcast that, uh, we've been talking about doing one for a while. Um, and I, I think a cool, just like topic of conversation is like, you know, social media and like filming and 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 that side of the hunting industry has changed so much from from where it was to where it is today and like i could not imagine being three four or five years old right now (laughs) yeah and and having my life filmed every day yeah and but just being born into that like Mm -hmm. you know it like you don't know any different it's just almost normal life like I, I would never wish that upon my kids to be born into that, like in today's, you know, culture. But back in the day with like TV and stuff, it was, uh, it, it was just different. There wasn't as much, uh, I mean, there wasn't social media where everyone's like, you know, bantering back and forth. It was like, you're producing TV shows and it's like, people used to write letters. You know, yeah. whether it was good or bad. I mean, and that's the their form really of a good. comment. And that's their form of a comment or, <laughs> yeah. you know, comment on a post. And, I mean, it was definitely a different, a different day, you know, back then, but you know, that's just, there was probably only really, you know, five or six shows like in TNN, the Nashville network. I mean, it was the, you know, the big network at the time, Jim Shockey, Tom Miranda, Larry Wasson, um, Jackie Bushman, you know, a big part of that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just don't really know any different for me. Like I remember, you know, coming up here, um, dad used to have another lease that's close to this farm. But, you know, filming the opening and the closing for the show, you know, for TNN, I'd do that every, all the time fishing with my dad. Out when here. you were how old? Three or four, three or four. So, you're three, so and, yeah. and that's what I'm wanting to dig into is like, to me that, that is such a uh, unique thing. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's a cool story because it makes you, you know, who you are, but it's like, I couldn't imagine three or four years old in your opening and closing like TV shows. Yeah. And I mean, to me that like an outsider looking at that's like a super cool thing. I know we're about the same age, but like, yeah. I watched all those shows growing yeah. up too. It was cool, but it's like, man, there's a part of me, kind of what you said about not wishing it, you know, like on your kid. Like, I don't know if I'll do that with my daughter, Yeah, you know, and not that it was like, obviously it worked out great. I love this business. I love hunting. I love being around it, but I felt like, um, you know, I grew up in front of the camera. 
whether that's good or bad, almost like a childhood actor in yeah. a way. Not that I'm a childhood actor. But you're a Macaulay Colgan yeah, of the yeah. hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I didn't end up as bad no. as, as, as him. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, you kind of just, you know, so many comments even still people come up when they see me as, man, I watched you grow up. Yeah. And there's part of me that's like, man, that's really cool. That's also kind of weird. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. seen it. You've seen the good and the bad. Um, because, you know, I mean, literally on, on those shows, it, we'd, we'd show everything, whether it was a miss or a successful hunt or, um, you know, wh- wh- whatever it was. So, uh, you know, I kind of don't really know any different, you know, and that's kind of what's been nice for me is I know we want to end on this, but it's just kind of taking a step back yeah. from that action. And that's why I have really good people that are helping with some of the road trips content, the real tree content, like Brian Brown, Michael Pitts, Ben McDonald, Austin Riley, Riley Green, you know, people that, uh, can kind of take up a little bit of that slack and, you know, let me get a little bit of a, a breather from that. I think college was really good for me with some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but really all the way up until I was maybe, you know, 21, 22 years old, uh, you know, always had a camera on me to some extent. You know, so, so basically from, from you're saying three years old, yeah, pretty much all the way up to now, essentially, yeah. like you were, you were part of hunting shows, like in hunting shows. I mean, all seven, time. eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11, all the way through. The only times that I remember not really, um, being a part of a hunting show, the first, uh, deer I ever shot was a doe actually on this farm. We're probably, where we're doing this interview right now, we're maybe 400 yards away from, from where I shot my first doe with a bow. And so I didn't have a camera with me then. Um, but I think I've shot six turkeys without a camera just cause I just wanted to go do it. Yeah. Just not have a camera with me. Um, I just wanted that experience solo, but everything, you know, from my first Turkey when I was eight, first deer when I was nine, um, and everything in between other than the ones I just mentioned, always had a camera yeah which is cool and you know like even like when we were on espn like when we made that transition um this was so weird for me so y'all the y'all's was it real true road trips nope it was a real tree outdoors real tree outdoors and that was on espn we went from tnn um and i think it was in the year 2000 or 2001 we made the transition to espn tnn dissolved um it actually turned into um somebody will correct me from here like the spike network or something like that but it, it turned into something completely different than espn what it was. is big time well y- yeah and so it was saturday and sunday morning yeah um so it was uh you know it was it was definitely you know but the show came on i think at 8 a.m which mm-hmm. is i mean it's kind of prime time and so the numbers would do just about as good as um you know on tnn but the thing about espn was i don't think we showed impact shots so whenever we made the move really? over there, like you had the viewership, you had the numbers um, that were similar to TNN, but we, I don't think we could show impact. So but ESPN, was, you could show impact. No, no, no. I'm sorry. TNN, you could. I don't think ESPN, you could. Okay. Gotcha. So when we made the move over there, we just. So we, how, how would that work? Like you, they, you, they film you shoot, but just don't show <laughs> the animal. Shoot, don't show the impact. That's correct. Don't show the animal. But you show shot. the animal running show off. Show the animal running off. And then, you know, if you, uh, they would try to softened it up but if the animal did drop on camera they would try to you know not not show maybe all of it similar to youtube these days yeah that's right um i'm gonna take it even a step further back and then we'll pick it back up but like i don't know if i've ever even really heard like how realtree even started like like the yeah the day one of it with with your dad i know well it's you should have asked him honestly we can we could probably do another podcast with him another time yeah i mean well i'm here till friday afternoon maybe we do on tomorrow Tomorrow i I bet people would love to hear that that story that'd be that would be really really cool cool. we could almost make it a part of this but you know i I may we'll get dad to do it and i'll i'll like give a brief summary so i was i was at lunch with johnny i I tried to get him to come on the podcast he's like i I gotta go to the office (laughs) but uh we were standing there. That was my first time actually meeting your dad. We've, we've kind of just like barely missed each other from, you know, in passing, but mm-hmm. that was my first time meeting him. And, uh, we're all standing around there chit chatting and stuff. And he's, he's, he probably got like two or three phone calls. They were all from like uh, spam spam. Yeah. And he answers every one of them. Yeah. And so we get back in the, and I didn't, I didn't know he was talking about. Yeah. And so we get back in the car and Johnny's like cracking up and he's like, Bill, just he'll answer any spam call and he'll sit there and talk to the person. And so, he and I devised this like really funny plan and maybe we do it on, on the podcast, but, uh, maybe we just do like a Instagram reel Dude. 
where if I called your dad and put him on speakerphone, any hunting a deer named uh, Bruce on the phone? Uh, Bruno. Bruno? Yeah. I was going to call him, say, hey, this is uh, Roger. I, I'm actually leasing <laughs> some of y'all's ground on y'all's farm. Hey, I just killed this uh, deer. I think y'all call him Bruno. <laughs> um, I was wanting to know if you could come tracking with me, if I can get a picture with you and, and Bruno. <laughs> And then, and then even take it a step further uh, and be like, yeah, we also, uh, we had a real good, we shot two turkeys this morning too. Just, <laughs> and just see if he would buy into it. Cause it sounds like he would. So either that, I mean, that's, I mean, that's great. He would definitely buy into it because <laughs> he would buy into that. Are you, what I've done, I have a video on my phone. I was with my sister and my mom and I had to, like, I was a telemarketer. Uh-huh. And I had him on the phone for five minutes and I did, I did a voice. <laughs> you want to try Mr. this right now? Mr. Jordan, you know, do you, are you over age 65? He's like, I'm 47 years old. I'm, <laughs> I'm freaking hacked off. You'd even ask me that. And so, I mean, we can try it right now. If I'll, you want I'll to. try it. Okay. I mean, if this doesn't work, we'll just you, cut it you out wanna, of the podcast. You want to stick with the deer one? I'm going to stick with the deer one. Yeah. Okay. That, that'll be really good. Uh, type in his phone number. Cause okay. I don't want to, uh, I, I obviously don't want to, th- this could be hilarious. I, I don't know. But Johnny's like, he will answer. Dang, the one time. We can try him again. Try to call him right back. Call him just right back. Oh, wait, you got two times from the same number, you're definitely answering. He, If he doesn't answer, he doesn't have his phone. Because if you call my dad, he answers. I'm so surprised by that. Will he call back? No. He, he never no, call he, back. Don't, no, he doesn't. He won't call back. I'm just so surprised he doesn't try to think where he Your could be. Let, well, me, let, me, let me ask Wes where he is. Okay, we can pick that. That actually might be hilarious. We, we probably need to do that. <laughs> but uh, so anyways, yeah, I, I we can do another podcast with him where he can kind of tell like the full story. But if you could give me kind of the like the nutshell of it. Yeah. Uh, or just the, the Cliff Notes so, so, I mean, version. You know, back in the 80s, you know, there was really no other camouflage brand. Um, you know, Tree Bark was, was one. Tree Bark, uh, you know, very well known, I think, for kind of kicking off that camouflage evolution. You know, Dad always talks about, you know, the only camouflage that was available for people was you either go to Kmart, Walmart, and there was military camo. Mm-hmm. But that was it. There was no camouflage brand. I don't even think Tree Bark was in either one of those. And, uh, you know, I'd say that, you know, so dad traced, he drew the very first pattern, which I think is mine and your probably favorite pattern. The original. I, I love the OG. And so, you know, he drew that in his, um, his mom and dad's backyard. Like hand drew it. Hand drew it. Hand drew it. And so dad had a very, he had a successful, his dad started a boat dealership here in Columbus, successful business. He ran that with his brother, um, you know, right when dad left to go start Realtree. Uh, his dad was telling him, don't do it. Like you're a little bit said, like you're kind of a fool to even think like this would even work. You really? have a sustainable business here. Um, you know, you can do this with your brother. Um, you know, you can support your family this way, but to go out and risk, you know, this, like, you know, your brother's basically going to have the business, you know, if you decide to go off and do this and he's like, dad, I have to just go try it. I just think, and dad's a pretty good artist. Like he can draw really good. Um, And he was like, I just have to go at least try this. And so I think we're, you know, at SHOT Show back in 86 when he first went, you know, I think Mossy Oak was there the same year, but there was other camouflage brands that were there too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, dad, I think, um, you know, didn't even realize those other brands were there. He was just trying to figure out like, how do I separate myself from these other brands? Right. Um, You know, and, and his biggest thing was, He's really good at networking, really good at marketing. So he sent you know, and mailed a bunch of pictures to Cabela's, Bass Pro, Walmart, Kmart. Um, 
Kmart was selling hunting stuff. A ton of hunting stuff. Really? It was honestly, but I mean, them and uh, Walmart, probably the biggest along with Bass Pro. Huh. Kmart was huge at the time. Um, now I don't even think Kmart's in business. I, I don't think they're, or I, yeah, I think Kmart's done. I think they are. Um, but he had all those people in his booth at SHOT Show that very first week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it was the guy at Walmart that came in there and said, Wally Switzer is the guy's name. I, I love it when dad tells the story because I feel like I pick up something new every time. But basically, Wally was like, Bill, can you make us, can you manufacture us 40,000 pair of pants and 40,000 pair of shirts and also jackets? And dad, other than designing the camouflage, he hadn't, he couldn't manufacture. He had to get. He had to partner with somebody mm-hmm. um, to do that. And I think that's where a lot of the other the other camouflage brands, other than maybe Mossy, you know, went wrong. Maybe was that um, you know Dad's idea was to maybe go and license. You know, it was based off that show. Whenever Dad was like, "No, there's no way I can do that," while he was like, "Man, why don't you go down? You know, a couple of booths from you. Go meet the guy at Walls." And so Walls Apparel was huge at the time. I forgot the name of the glove company. There was also a boot company. He said, why don't you talk to them about what it would take to get Realtree on those items? And so from then, from that show, licensing was basically born. And so Realtree has primarily been, you know, we manufacture a little bit of stuff now, but um, it's primarily been a licensing business. And I think too, you know, other than that, like I, I credit Jackie Bushman and Buckmasters as much as anybody, because he really brought dad in, you know, when you had Dell Earnhardt, Richard Childress, Chipper Jones, Jeff Foxworthy coming to those events, Bo Jackson, you know, Jackie put all those people in Realtree and it made Realtree kind of cool for all those guys. Right. Steve Cat- Bar- catapulted it. Steve Barkowski um, with the Falcons, you know, he quarterback back then. And, um, you know, I just think those guys kind of believing in dad and thinking Realtree's cool kind of gave dad some validity and some mm-hmm. marketing power that maybe, um, you know, you know, other companies didn't have. And right. I think the NASCAR relationship, you know, was big time too. I know Earnhardt, you know, really wanted Realtree plastered on his car, really wanted to be on the videos, really wanted to be on monster bucks. And so that, that group of people, some of the names I just mentioned, I think are a big time responsible for, um, you know, kind of taking Realtree to that next level. Yeah. Which, which is crazy. Cause like, you know, well, first thing is like, it's crazy how such a, a small decision can lead to such like a totally different different path. Yeah. It's like if your dad was like, you know what, right? You know what, dad, you're right. I, I, I'm going to stick with this business. It's like none of this real tree would have never been born. Sure. And it's like, it, it's crazy that even just a very small decision like that just has such grand responses and consequences. And, yeah. And, and, and I think if dad would have been, he'll, he'll, he can say it on the podcast, but I think if he, were to have been the older brother, like mm-hmm. his brother was the older brother. So I think if he would have been the oldest brother, I think he would have stayed in the boat business full yeah. time. I don't think this ever would have happened. Yeah. And he even kind of admitted that he's like, look, I knew my older brother was likely, you know, it was, it was his business and rightfully so older brother, you know, I was always going to be the youngest. Um, and he always kind of be working for him. So he's like, man, this is my chance to go off and do something a little bit different, but mm-hmm. just like making that decision, it's the relationships too. And dad talks about that. He credits, you know, dad has been super blessed with a lot, but I think, um, what he's been blessed the most with is probably just the right people yeah. and that's personalities, but it's also people internally too, that, you know, I feel like have always, um, you know, really had his back and wanted to see him and this brand succeed because without those names, I mean, I mean, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't happen. And without the Walmart guy really recommended, man, why don't you try licensing? He credits Wally Switzer for really giving him that idea. And if not, he probably would have gone the manufacturing route and there's really no telling where that would have, where that would have landed him in yeah. the long run. So your dad came up with the name Realtree. He did. And it's, to me, it's like, again, there's so many little things that have to go right. Little details. It's like you, you miss the name by just a, a hair, like real bush or green <laughs> yeah. tree you know it's like it doesn't have the same just kind of ump factor as like a just boom real tree right uh but the 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 names that you just rattled off like earnhardt all these all these guys like i mean i, I know you met the, have met the president jimmy carter mm-hmm. like that's that to me that is part of what is so fascinating about your stories like you you're growing up in this world and you're like you're seeing all of these people that are just like that that to me, like just when we're, you know, bantering back and forth and having conversations is the coolest part where I'm like, 
you have met all kinds of people mm-hmm. and have all of these stories. And it's like, it's fascinating to just like listen to. Yeah. But who, who like maybe give five people like top five guys, not saying anybody favorites, but just like yeah. maybe just kind of like uh, a, some five names the people you've met that you thought was like really cool. Well, and you probably already know this about me, but like I'm a huge Braves fan. Oh, yeah. So like even still, like even though dad and Chipper were buddies, like dad has known Chipper since his rookie season. Mm-hmm. But like I, I didn't like Chipper Jones because of, he was my dad's friend. Like I, I was a big baseball player growing up, but Chipper Jones, like for a lot of people that played baseball that are around our age, like Chipper was my hero. Yeah. Wore number 10 a lot. And he was the big reason probably why I ever played baseball. Mm-hmm. Him and Andrew Jones, like big reasons why I, you know, I, I watched the Braves and, and I'm such a Braves fan of this day. It was just kind of that era. So Chipper was really cool. You know, one that was really surprising to me, I think just how much of a dedicated hunter and outdoorsman he was and, and still is, I think he's 99, but as president Carter, you know, having him down here, he's, he would go as hard as any hunter that I know. And I think he stopped hunting with us when he was 96. Wow. But President Carter would get here at 5.15 every morning, and sometimes we would never go back to the lodge, but maybe once or twice, and he'd stay till 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He'd hunt. He'd hunt until he he just had to go home. At 96 years at old. At 96 years old, man. If I'm, if I'm alive at 95, yeah, 96, yeah, yeah. but still hunting. But he's somebody that, you know, would get out there and crawl to get up to the edge of a field to, you know, just, you know, lay, try to lay eyes on one or would want to, you know, call himself. He'd bring his box calls and stuff and just very in tune, very involved in the hunt. And, um, you know, for me, I think I'm, I'm, I don't think he has shot a turkey since, you know, he was with us, but, you know, um, when he was 95, no, it was 90, when he was 96, you know, he really couldn't get around is, is good anymore. <clears throat> yeah. So I think I was a part of his, I was on his last turkey hunt. It was just me and him. I, I think, uh, I think that's, that's actually really cool. I think that, uh, like when I've thought about celebrities and, and people who I would get like, uh, what, what's a starstruck starstruck. Yeah. yeah. Is the word I'm looking for <clears throat> people that I would get starstruck over. I don't, I don't really get starstruck, but I would like with, you know, um, I guess people I've met, it's just not my personality, I guess, but I can tell you that a former president or a a president of the United States, 100%, I would be starstruck over. Yeah. Probably not our current one, but (laughs) previous ones, like I would definitely be like pretty starstruck over. Yeah. So like the, your interaction, I mean, you get to, you know him like turkey hunting with him, all that stuff like that. That to me is, is pretty fascinating. Yeah. And he actually, so he's a really good painter and uh, I think it was the second, when he was either 93 or 94. So he hunted with us five years in a row. Um, you know, he painted dad a Turkey mm-hmm. and it was really cool and signed it Carter. And then he engraved a little, a piece of wood to go with this painting. It said to a great outdoorsman, Bill Jordan. And so I don't know, just, just really cool. And for somebody that obviously is on the other side of the aisle that you would think would maybe, you know, not share the hunting views or even own guns. Cause he was a, he was, he a, was Democrat. a Democrat, yeah. right. Obviously a different age of Democrat, sure. you know, from back then. Um, but you know, he just, he loved being out here, loved hunting and um, just so cool for me. And I think it was cool for dad too. And, and, and to get to hunt with him with dad, he said, man, I get to do, he said, I can pretty much do whatever I want to at my age right now. But he said, man, if it, if it meant I had to choose this over anything else, I would come here over any other obligation or thing, uh, opportunity that came my way. So during the spring, and I was like, man, that's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Like a man that could go and do whatever he wanted to, he would drive an hour and a half every single day during Turkey season that he was available to come here and hunt. Yeah. Um, says a lot about him. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. And, and, <clears throat> and I know you know this, but like, this place is special and I guess, you know, it's, it's easy to, and I'm, I'm so guilty of this, but it's really easy to take things for granted that we have just growing up around it. You just don't think about it all the time, but like, you know, I'm so guilty of that with just simple things, but this place is like so awesome. And I I think that it's pretty awesome that y'all share it with, with the people that you, that, that you do. Yeah. 
because like I'm not the only person and even in the in the past week that y'all have come and had hunt you just you just had a couple other guys come in town and yeah it's like the fact that y'all are so open to sharing this place is just a really cool thing because it, it would be easy to gre- be greedy about it and be like no like we're just growing big deer yeah and you you would lose that camaraderie of it all well it's kind of like we talked earlier i mean this place the only thing that makes this place worth it for i think for dad and i both and even you know just mom and brother and sisters being able to share this with people to me it would not be near as fun yeah. like i said you know i like spending time here you know we had josh sparks from midwest whitetail last week joel burham from whitetail fit have y'all this week um chipper's son he's coming to hunt again he's already been here like three or four times he's coming this weekend <laughs> he's, he's going to stay through next week but i love being able to share and and do this stuff with people because that's the whole point of having a place like this and um you know for me i feel so lucky like i i don't undervalue just how lucky i am to be able to do all this and like i want to be able to share it with others because really that's what it's all about um i know how lucky you know you know, we are to have, to have this place and, and hopefully be able to share it with people for a long time. Yeah. All right. So Chipper Jones, J- Jimmy Carter, president, who else would you thought? I that, would say, and I was young whenever he passed away, but I would say Del Earnhardt mm-hmm. for sure. I'm, you know, we're, we're big, you know, we've been in NASCAR for a super long time. The undertaker was kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Y'all went turkey hunting or we went turkey, turkey hunting we, we, last we, year. We turkey hunted yeah. uh, two years ago, and um, he had, you know he's been elk hunting, deer hunting. Uh, he's done some pheasant hunting, but he said that that was the most fun he's ever had on any hunting experience. Yeah, and he's relatively new to it. You know, ever since he retired from WWE, um, you know he's picked up hunting more. But uh, he said that was uh, you know the most fun he's ever had on any hunting excursion. So. To be able to share that with him was pretty cool. We opening day of uh, turkey season here, killed one, and uh, then he shot one. I think very next morning, and so he was hooked. He was hooked on it, and so he's going to try to come back down. I think next spring, and then we're supposed to maybe do a deer hunt down at Honey Break um, in December with him. But yeah. um, you know, another person too. It's like it's cool. You know, I, I mean, it, it's you know, it's cool being around some of these people, but. I think for me, what I really get out of it is like, man, like somebody that drives a car 200 miles an hour, somebody that's been a president of the United States. You're getting them all over the spectrum. And, but they just, for them to say, man, this is so fun, so cool. It's not really about anything for me or for Realtree that's like where we're getting anything out of it. I'm not going to say we don't, you know, get really good content and shows out of it. But to me, what I get out of it the most is just, that they think it's cool and they want to do it again. Yeah. And they, and like the undertaker, he's already leased a couple of places in Texas to go try a Turkey hunt, uh, you know, for next spring. And I'm like, man, he wouldn't have done that. You know, if it wasn't for us giving him, you know, this, his first experience. Yeah. And luckily it was a positive one. Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, that, uh, anyone, anyone else you'd throw on that list? Um, any like, uh, actors or, um, a lot of country music you guys. You know, somebody I've talked to, and we've never done anything. Um, so it was when he was on. I was a huge Parks and Rec fan. I don't know if you know watch Parks and Rec. Uh, not it's, really. It's very similar to The Office. Yeah, okay. A lot of the same people that started it, but it was Chris Pratt. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He actually- Great American. Uh, we followed each other on Twitter, mm-hmm. when, and when he only had like 10,000 followers on uh, on Twitter at the time. And, uh, you know, it was like three years before he was um, Star-Lord for marvel okay but he dm me and was like dude we ought to try to you know go on a hunt sometime or chris do pratt dm'd you yes <laughs> and so see that's the stuff i'm yeah, talking about yeah. it's just like you you told me another one that uh famous rapper i won't say his name unless you want to that that you connected with on dms recently because he Who like ordered some real tree stuff post okay malone. yeah yeah we can we can talk about that <laughs> but uh see yeah like so post malone actually bought some he bought a lot of stuff arctic shield stuff he bought three pair of real tree Crocs. Yeah. Um, Cause you can't have just one set. That's right. You got to have right. three. That's right. Well, I personally have three. I think he had all different patterns. I think he had max four edge. And then we have a fishing pattern that we offer um, on realtree.com as well. And he got that, but you know, he was talking about uh, 
Anyway, his order got declined, and so they had to reach out to him to make sure, verify. It you all declined address. Post Malone's order? Well, it is his address didn't match up with what was on his card. Yeah. And so they had to do that just out of, just to make sure it was legit. And so, <laughs> um, you know, somebody at Realtree actually texted him and was like, hey, just want to make sure, want to verify this if hey, you want to call. <laughs> and, you know, it said Austin Malone on there, and we were like, huh, it's got to be him. It's got to be yeah. him, right? And so anyway, I, I got his number. And so he had mentioned in a podcast here probably a couple of months ago that, you know, he's engaged and wants to have a camo wedding. So we were talking about like, what do we, what do you need from Dude, us? Dude, if you if snag anything? an invite to that wedding. Well, I was just offering <laughs> just to outfit him uh, yeah. in camouflage. If there's anything we could do for the groomsmen, um, supply fabric, if we need to give it to, um, you know, build a tux in, because we've, we've done that before for people that, you know, request fabric that, um, you know, do stuff like that. So we'll kind of see where that goes, but we've texted a few times, but kind of crazy. It's too funny. We had a similar deal to us. We Morgan Wallen bought some seek one merch. That's awesome. Uh, I think I can't remember if it was like two years ago or something like that, but same deal, like notification popped up and it's like Morgan no Wallen. We're like, yeah. okay, that's kind of neat. Um, did y'all talk well, to him? No, no, never did. But, uh, what, what is the, there was well, there was something with Kanye West, wasn't there? Not not that like y'all communicated, but he like <laughs> stole y'all, ripped y'all, or stole y'all's pattern. Or yeah, something I don't like even that. know how much I can really talk about it. But, okay, uh, well we don't have to, but yeah, when we basically he, uh, which this happens, but you know, like whenever people uh, try to knock off our patterns, you know, sometimes they'll change up certain elements of the pattern, but. What people don't know is like we have different ID marks mm-hmm. that are in those patterns, um, not just the name like itself. Like little fingerprints yes, almost. Yes, basically. And so we have all that well-documented at the office and can pull that up if we need to in any kind of case, you know, for people that try to knock it off. And so he didn't even really try. All he did was just, just take, straight up. He just, t- he just took the logos out and it was the pattern. <laughs> it was like, there's AP. There's advantage, you know. And, oh, he uh, did it with multiple patterns. Oh, he even. did it with a lot. They had their own clothing line. Um, Jeez. And, and this whole stuff. There was Kim Kardashian wearing it, wearing it and stuff. And no uh, way. I think he said some stuff in the press about, um, you know, that you you shouldn't be allowed to copyright camouflage, basically. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it, it got resolved. I think he eventually dropped it and all was settled. But I mean, how long ago? Yeah, was kind that? of crazy. Um. 2019 yeah i mean that, that's the, that's just like that's what i'm talking about it's like yeah. the amount of just crazy stories like that that you're probably full of that like you don't even like uh, us talking will probably just spark another one that you'll think of yeah that are fascinating to people is like it's probably endless yeah i, I love just listening to your stories because yeah. of, i mean i remember some of the stuff you were telling us about president carter that you know what he was talking about about uh hillary clinton yeah, that we don't have to bring that up, but yeah. it's just like stories like that that are just like gripping. Yeah, yeah. Some of that I probably won't bring up. No, like, I, but, I wouldn't. But, but but even but you know, just like some of those private conversations that you're in the middle of the woods, you talk about a lot. I yeah. Mean, obviously, we all know when you hunt with somebody or you're in hunting camp with with someone for a period of time, you get to really know somebody. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's you know cool is uh, obviously it's a bond that. You all get to kind of know one another through this world um, and meet all kind of different walks of life. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I try not to, I don't, I, I guess I'm always really self-conscious that I don't, I don't ever want it to come across as bragging or like, you know, I trying have, to name drop. And I have that's never just, uh, I felt that way about I know you, you don't. I just whatsoever. don't, I, but I think that, you know, I just try not to ever give off that impression to anybody. Right. You know, because really... I've gotten a chance to do a lot of really cool stuff, but like I've been super blessed and I'm hopefully I, I give a lot of it back. You know, I tried hard to like, just, just like this place is like, man, this is for me, but this is for my friends too. Like not just having, you know, different people in the industry or having celebrities, but man, during the summer, whether it's turkey season, deer season, like it's all about, you know, what you put back into it as well. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, <clears throat> I mean, even backtracking, like when we, partner with you guys which has been a couple years ago i guess mm-hmm. um by. it really has and like the relationship side of it was i'm a i personally i'm a relationship guy Same like here. relationships are everything to me i try to be a good friend i get distracted easily and <laughs> you know sometimes 
I'm not good at texting. Two, sometimes a 200 inch deer shows up. And <laughs> I gotta go. And you go ghost. <laughs> but uh, relationships are like everything to me. And like we've we've known each other and like been yeah. friends, but like getting to know each other like more deeply uh, just over the years. Like I, you're an extremely good person, like a very humble Thanks. person. And honestly, like someone in your shoes, they could act a completely different way where, where it does, you are bragging about all the crazy cool things that you've done, but you don't. And so like, to me, that speaks to like what kind of person you are, that you are extremely humble. And that I think is a, is a big gravitating thing for me. Uh, just getting to know you and becoming friends. Like you're just a really good person. I've had plenty of people, uh, and I know y'all get comments too, but you know, especially kind of being born into it, plenty of people remind me quickly that silver spoon, you know, uh, you know, you're born into this, uh, you know, but yeah, but I, they could have been too, just yeah. as easy as you had. Like yeah. that's, I, you know, we get into this suburban versus rural debate with guys and, uh, it's, it's a healthy conversation, healthy debate. But my stance has always been like, man, I was born in the city. If you and, and you were born in in the country, if I was born in, in your shoes in the country, I'd be hunting the way you are. If you were born in my shoes in Atlanta, you'd be hunting the way that I am. Yeah. And it's like you and I had no control over where we were born, who who our parents were. Like that is that was not a choice by yeah. by us by any means. We were, you know, had it's just something we were. Was that a gunshot? <laughs> it was a gunshot, wasn't it? Sure sounded yeah. like it. <laughs> All right. Hey, do we want to call Bill again? Yeah. You yeah. Want, you, I think we I think we I th- do that th- at the I, very end. Okay, do it. Let's, let's, <clears throat> yeah. We'll save it. Um, you can shut it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little distracting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we just have no... that That's something that's out of our control, right? So like, I, you know, the, the must be nice comments and, and this, that, and the other. It's like, you know... It, I guess for me, like, I mean, I obviously could have gone a different way. Like if, yeah, I, totally if, if I didn't, um, you know, I just wouldn't be here if it's not something I genuinely enjoyed and took a liking to, you know, and like, you know, like my brother and sister, like, I think they really enjoy it, but I don't know if they'll be as involved, you know, with the hunting and day-to-day stuff, um, like I am. And like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they're too young right now, but you know, my sister's really busy with softball, brother plays football and other sports. But, um, I mean, this is at the end of the day, this is just what I really love to do. Yeah. Um, you know, if I did and I just wouldn't be here, yeah. you know, so like I, I hope that comes across is that, man, this, well, this is, this is our life every day, yeah. you know, and I can't really help that. And if, and if I didn't feel this way, I, I, I would have done something else and done something different. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so what, what, I mean, I know that like, I guess, being born in this world where like your whole life's being filmed, you're around all these, all these, you know, big name people. Like I feel like it would be a a slippery slope where you could have easily lost your head and, you know, start to think like, man, I'm really somebody and become arrogant and become Mm -hmm. all these things that, you know, that could have easily happened. But like you, you haven't done that in any way, shape or form. Yeah. So that, I mean, that speaks a lot to you because it's, it's easy for, people to get a big head, you know, pretty easy when they get some kind of recognition. Like, I mean, I've, I have personal friends who, um, you know, start to get followings and they change who they are. Yeah. And it's, it's sad to see. I think for me, it, it's been a little bit of the opposite. And I don't know if this is, I mean, I'm glad I'm not that way. I'm glad that I don't come across arrogant, um, no. especially to people that know me. But I think for me, it's probably a little bit different where, I've maybe been a little insecure about it at times. Like, you know, almost like that imposter syndrome of like, man, like, should I even be here? You know, like, man, I, I'm, I know how it, it is crazy that I've gotten to hunt with these people to do this. I get to look at this place anytime I want to and drive up here. And like, I just try to always keep in mind. And dad's always told me this too, from a young age, like we've, we've been super lucky and blessed, but just know like, stuff can change tomorrow. Like you just never know which way business may go, where life may go, where your interests may take you, but mm-hmm. like enjoy it while it lasts. But, but know that nothing's permanent, you yeah. know, like it, 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 it could change at any time. So, um, 
that kind of jumps over into what you and I talked about last night about, you know, the amount of travel and just like how much we're gone. <clears throat> and I've, I've sort of, you know, I, I guess you could call it maturing, even though I don't feel like I'm mature in any way, shape or form. <laughs> but as you, you know, just have enough life experiences under your belt, I feel like you sort of get to a place where maybe you start to have realizations about things. And I feel like what I'm having a little bit of realizations is on is chasing these big deer. And again, that's kind of what's drawing me into like taking a step back and and looking at the bigger picture of, of everything. Because, you know, at the end of the day, for example, for example, this, this Ohio deer for the last year of my life, I have been absent from home from my family, from a lot of friends. And what I, you know, it's, I wouldn't change it. Like, I I love doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm literally sick, like addicted because I love pursuing deer so much that it drives me to make all these crazy long trips and stuff. But I am, I'm being torn because on the other side, I'm like, man, I, I am sacrificing relationships, family time. My parents are getting older, being vulnerable, vulnerable for a second. My dad is going through like a bad health scare right now. He's 77 years old. Didn't know that. He still works his ass off every single day. So he's, I don't even know if I've ever told people this, but he, people have always speculated like that my dad's some real estate mogul that I'm related to Elon Musk and I come (laughs) from all this family money. But like my dad. Yeah owns and operates a, a pizza shop, a pizza restaurant um, for, for since I've been growing up. Mm-hmm. And like I was always working in the restaurant with him in the summers uh, from high school and college. I mean, I was literally like a pizza boy. And, does um, he still do it? Still does it every day. He's 77 wow. years old. And uh, he just turned 77 in, in September. And if you go to Little Lazio off Northside Drive in Atlanta, he will be there 100%. Wow. He's the guy behind the counter with the gray hair. Uh, he works there every day and you know, he's, he's going through a, I love my dad to death. I could, I could literally sit here and, and, and talk myself into tears over, over how much I love my dad and how much of a great dad he is. He's going through a health scare right now. That's just like, I think really shocking me to my core. And it's really making me like, for lack of better words, like get into my feels about stuff way more easily. And I'm looking back at all this time that I'm spending away from my family and my dad and stuff like that. And I'm like, is this worth it? Like, that's sort of what I'm having an internal struggle with is like, I love this stuff and the memory I have. And I'm really thankful that even though I was out of state, I still had guys. I had, I had Cody, my camera guy, my buddy, Kyle, and Kyle had a bunch of buddies over at his house after I killed that deer that I got to share that memory with that made it special. But what I am doing, I'm, I mean, I'm, dude, I'm, my, my body is breaking. My spine is like not healthy because I'm spending so much time in the car driving around and stuff. Like my body is breaking <clears throat> and I'm basically sacrificing so much to chase a deer like that. And at the end of the day, when I'm looking back on it, yes, I have the memory and I wouldn't change it for the world. It, it means everything to me. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's just another deer on the wall. And it's like, I'm worried that if I look back on my life when my dad is no longer here, my, you know, as time goes on, I am scared to death that I'm going to look back at the time now, at all the time that I was gone from home and sit there and be like filled with regret that I've got, I've got deer on the wall and they mean the world to me. And I loved every second of it. But to me, I'm like, is that worth the sacrifice of like, I didn't get to have as many memories with my dad or another loved one or relative or friend that, that I didn't get to have because I spent all this time elsewhere. And my, and my parents and my family, like they support me a hundred percent. They wouldn't want me to change what I'm doing for the world because they know that I'm love it and I'm passionate about it. But I'm sort of just like getting to this place of like, okay, back to the roots you know, kind of making this thing full circle, like back to the roots of like, okay, I'm, I'm now hunting a deer in Atlanta. I'm really excited about He's been gone since April. He just showed back up. I've got three years of history with this deer. I haven't really like hunted hard in Atlanta, my home in years. 
and it's really nice to like sleep in your own bed at night and I can go grab lunch with my dad or go grab dinner with them after I hunt or, you know, what, whatever it may be, but just to be home and be around family, like that is why I feel like I'm at this crossroads in my life of like, I love chasing deer, but is it, is it, is it crossing a line? Like, am I going to regret this one day that I've pushed myself this far? And so that's where I'm trying to like sort of rebalance. And even with the urban stuff, dude, it's so stressful that like my times I've had outside of the urban, I have enjoyed so much more. It's like, do we redirect and start challenging ourselves on some public land stuff? Now, I don't want to jump on that bandwagon and go full tilt on it. Like, yeah. you know, the, the suburban stuff is our, it's what we're known for. It's what made us different. It's why people watch us. We'll never abandon that. But I am addicted to challenges and I'm ready for the next challenge. So it's like, whether that's public, whether that's trying to find some leases somewhere and I'm, doing the land management and, and whatnot, but come down here. Yeah, I'm, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's it's tougher than what people realize even here. 100%. Two groups, and not to say that it's, uh, you know, not easier than, uh, you know, than a public land hunt, but, I mean, having two groups here the last two weeks, I have have several bucks on the hit list. I've sent you some of the pictures. Um, you know, I think, well, really, it's the last three weeks. We've had the guys from Sweetwater Calls in here as well, and, you know, no bucks to show for it. And we probably have seven or eight bucks that we've been hunting as a group mm-hmm. is with the horseshoe that you have, but you may break that either today or tomorrow. <laughs> um, but you know, it, I, I totally understand what you're saying on the challenges and, and wanting something a little bit different. Out yeah. of some of those experiences. I, I definitely think if people had the, the mindset of that, it's easy here, it's, it's a misconception because, uh, yeah, I mean, You've had those guys in town for, they were here, what, like eight days or something? So Joel was here eight days. Josh was here six days. Yeah. And, and didn't then, didn't even get a chance or didn't uh, even shoot him. Josh saw, Josh saw a buck very first day, the deer he was hunting. Um, the rest of the time, he never saw that buck again. I think when he saw him, he kind of wanted to hone in on that deer specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have tried a couple of different spots, but... Um, you know, that's just kind of part of it. I mean, I think we went through a little bit, bit of that October lull, you know, period, these deer feeding on acorns. And, uh, you know, that was part of the problem. I think with the weather kind of cooling up this weekend, first of next week, it'll, it'll be a little bit better, but it's just like here it's 84 degrees. Yeah. It's been that way for the last three or four days. So that, that already kind of plays at a disadvantage. Yeah. I think it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to break loose and hopefully I'll be back home hunting that deer and, uh, we'll be able to like, you know, actually spend time at home. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday look really good next week. I think it's a high of 60 mm-hmm. all three days. And I think the lows may even be like in the upper 30s. So yeah. really kind of hoping that flips the switch. Yeah. Everybody. Well, we're going to go out tonight and, uh, you know, it may, it may break the ice, but uh, I I will willingly admit I do have a horseshoe up my rear end for you do. sure. You do. So hopefully, uh, I hope it pays off because I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like a super, I feel almost like a God because a, a really bad one, you know, having you here, I called you yesterday. I was like, man, I want you to come down. Like, I'm really looking forward to seeing you, but it's been tough. Yeah. It's been really, I mean, I've hunted people just about every day for the last two weeks and they're seeing deer. Um, you just haven't been able to close. I didn't come here to kill a deer. I know. I came here just to get away, to hunt, you know, take a, take a deep breath and just like enjoy I mean, for enjoy the outdoors pretty much. Like I don't even care if I get to draw back on a deer. Just, just being here has, has been a treat. And I'll, I'll tell you a, a horseshoe story real quick. Cause it's funny. It made me think of it. Uh, this is like four years ago. Cause Drew is the biggest advocate and believer that I've got a horseshoe. And what I mean by that for people that don't know, is like, I'm lucky, extremely lucky. Admittedly, we were, this was probably four years ago. Drew, it's late in the season. I had already killed a buck. We get in a stand and Drew and I are like, let's let's go shoot does we've only brought one bow i was taking turns i was going to film him uh shoot a doe and then he was gonna we were gonna swap bows and he was gonna film me shoot a doe just having fun with it late yeah. in the year i seek one maybe was a thing i don't even remember and um drew had been hunting a buck in there all year long all year long and just you know bad luck after bad luck um i had already killed a buck so we go in there doe comes in he shoots the doe and uh 
he's like, all right. Uh, he's like, let's switch. So I hand him the camera. The second I touch the bow, <laughs> here comes a doe down this trail. Behind her, small buck. Behind him, a little bit bigger buck. Behind him, a little bit bigger buck. And it was literally a buck train. There were six bucks all wow. after this hot doe late season. And the last buck was a stud. And I literally watched this 150 inch, you know, eight pointer with the bow in my hand. And I'm like, I could kill this deer right now. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, it's like bow touch my hand. Here they come. And I tried to get the, I tried to like hand drew the bow and get him to shoot the deer. And like, there was too much movement as late season, no cover and the deer ended up seeing us, but it's like, so if that's you, where the horseshoes for when Drew says it. That's where it kind of. Originated. I think that's a shining moment for yeah, him. Yeah, that for sure. Because <laughs> he'd been hunting like hard all year long for a buck. That's fine. In this exact tree, and the second I come up there with him, like he shoots a doe, hands me the bow. Here come all the bucks. And if if he was holding the bow, he would one hundred percent would have killed that deer. Dang. So there's there's a lot of stories Crazy. like that. But, um, is there any closing thoughts you have on? you know kind of like i said back to the roots changing gears yeah i mean i kind of hit on it at the start of the podcast yeah. i mean i think even you know you kind of um i understand is somebody knocking okay um even for myself too like went through some stuff last year personally um you know really kind of let that eat at me for a couple of months and i think i just kind of realized that what was super important, you know, I think whenever I like, I'm a consumer of hunting content. Like mm-hmm. I probably watch more than I, than I should. I consume everything from y'all to Lee and Tiffany, Bill Winky, uh, the juries, uh, the hunting public. Um, the list goes on and on. I watch all the Midwest whitetail Joel stuff as well. And I love the YouTube stuff for me, like just following the stories. It really is not as like, obviously the deer is really cool when you kill big deer, um, when the juries do, but I just like the storytelling stuff of it. And like, I have contemplated at the end of last year of, you know, maybe getting out of it altogether for me, like letting those guys kind of take the mantle, take over, um, you know, but I think kind of the reason why I stuck with it is, man, I, I think there's still people out there that like to kind of, that like to hopefully follow our stuff as well. My, you know, my stuff, um, so, you know, I, I just, that's why I've stayed here kind of returning back to more of my roots too. Like don't really have a lot of plans to really do a lot of traveling. I have a Kansas tag may or may not go to Nebraska right now. It doesn't look like it. And I'm totally fine with that. But, um, you know, just really kind of relearning the farm again, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. You would think as much as I hunt here, like I would know what most of these deer do, but you know, I found it with even you here, the guys here the last couple of weeks that. I'm getting to learn these deer all over again, what their habits are, how it's changed from years past, um, you know, their behavior during, during hot weather, you know, hunting close to bedding cover, acorns falling, fall, uh, falling. How does that kind of change the strategy? Um, that's just kind of been a breath of fresh air to me. And like, I'm the, the least of my worries right now is filming hunts. Mm-hmm. Like it's been, the, the camera's been there for a lot of it, but a lot of it, it hasn't, yeah. you know, and that's just been kind of nice for me is, I don't know if I'll do the traveling I did like in my twenties, 31. I don't know if I'll go as hard as I did, you know, for the last 10 years. And I'm totally fine with that right now. Um, especially with a little girl on the way, you know, staying home. Um, you know, my dad's also older. He's 74. I have a a sister that's a senior, um, in high school. My little brother, um, is 15. So, you know, and like he went hunting with me last week, was able to take a, take a buck with me. But, um, you know, as busy as my mom and dad are with my sister's stuff, like was able to do that with him. Mm-hmm. And that, that stuff to me, regardless of the size of these deer, because honestly, I think, uh, you know, people may think that we get super caught up in rack size. And while that's great, like, man, most of the deer on our place, we probably have 120, 130 inch deer. That's 10 and eight pointers. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just have really enjoyed getting back to my own roots in a way. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, you and I both are kind of on a similar, um, have a similar mindset and path, uh, with some of that. But, um, to me, it's, it's an exciting thing, probably more than anything. And I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, 
I appreciate you having us down here. Uh, I'm really glad to be a part of y'all's family here. It's just, uh, it's it to us, it has been, like I said, from the relationship side, like it's just been great. And I, and you and I've become real good friends and like, I'm super appreciative well, for that. We're super thankful for y'all too. I mean, I, I know you know that. I mean, um, you know, I've told a, I've told this to a lot of people and I've said this off camera. I've said it to your face, like regardless of what was going to happen with us and seek one real tree and seek one, like we were going to be friends. I think through this whole process, you know, of really getting to know one another is like, I know you and drew don't take decisions lightly at all. And mm-hmm. Kendall, you know, you really like to get to know who you're going into business with, you know, hoping that's going to be a long-term relationship. And I knew that, um, you know, we were, we were going to remain, you know, good buddies regardless of the outcome. But I think I speak for everybody at Realtree and everybody that's, uh, you know, inside that company and for dad even as well, because, um, you know, he hears it from Colton too. Like Colton watches all of y'all stuff and just, you know, to us, it's it, to us, it's been a super blessing to have y'all a part of the team. Yeah. Hopefully for a long time to come. We, we do not take those decisions lightly. Um, and like I said, I mean, m- most, most, partnerships that we have are based on the relationships um so i'm just i'm very grateful to be here and it's you know looking forward to many years to come i say we end this thing with trying to call your dad again all right let's do it um i also i'm i'm genuinely curious about this if anyone's in atlanta i don't think i mentioned the name of my dad's pizza place it's called little ozio on Northside drive i i if people are listening in their atlanta and they're around that area if they want to look it up I want people to go in there and mention my dad or like, or go up and say to yeah. my dad, cause he's always giving me a hard time. He's like, when are you going to, you know, give little Ozio the, the a plug? plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's spell like, spell it just, just so everybody knows. It's L I T T L E little. And then A Z I O A Z I O. Yeah. Okay. Little Ozio. So if you go to little Ozio, especially around lunchtime, 100% my dad will be there. He's the guy that's about 77 years old. Uh, you can't miss him. He's going to be behind the counter or cleaning tables and stuff. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm like hoping that my dad contacts me in like a week. <laughs> like I'm going to be waiting to hear like when he, you know, if yeah. he says like, Hey, did you, did you like, did you have anybody co- or did you tell people to come to little Ozio? Like I had someone <laughs> say something to me today. I'm hoping even if it's just one person, I'm stopping by next time we go. Through <laughs> Got to. All right. Um, we need to get in the woods. And yep. uh, thank you for sitting down with us and taking some time out Absolutely. of your day. Hope we can do it again. Yeah. And, um, I we- hope y'all come back, whether it's this year or, or next year. Y'all are welcome here anytime. Cool. It's close for y'all. We will probably, uh, if we can wrangle Bill, I think that'd be an interesting podcast. So maybe that's the next one we'll do. And then I, I got to do one telling the story of, of this Ohio about Kimbo. Okay. So those will that'll probably be the next two that we have coming. But cool. Anyways, we'll let you guys run. Awesome. Thank See you. Y'all.